0: This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3733, for Wednesday the 23rd of November 2022. Today's show is entitled, Smite. It is hosted by some guy on the internet, and is about 29 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is, The Battleground of the Gods. hello and welcome to another episode of hacker public radio i'm your host some guy on the internet today i want to start by talking to you about our call for shows the queue is getting a little bit low and we have a lot of hosts out there listening that haven't contributed a show if you would like to do a show with me and we can align our schedules i'd love to meet with you in mumble or discord or wherever and then we can record a show together Maybe you're just a little bit nervous, don't know what to say, need somebody to help you out, you know, a little bit of training wheels on it. That's fine. I'm willing to work with you. It's super fun, super easy. And, you know, again, if our schedules line up, because I do understand that some of us are in different parts of the world, I'll be able to help you out. I live on the Internet, so I'll probably have a schedule that can work with yours. If not, we'll figure it out or check with some of the other hosts. Today I'm also recording with my daughter in the room, so you might hear her in the background. She's got her tablet and her headphones and she's having a good time watching, uh, I don't know, Coco Melon or Spongebob or something. So uh, you might hear her in the background and you may remember her from a few other shows I've done, like the HPR News show. I remember hearing other uh, hosts talk about video games that they've played, and I wanted to talk about one of the games that I play often. It's called Smite. Now, if you go to the website called smitegame.com. You'll be able to see a little bit more about the game. This isn't going to be a tutorial or in-depth uh, explanation of how to play the game, just why I like the game and why I play it. So to give you that 50,000 foot view of it, Smite is a game about battling as different gods in a battleground. Now there's different game modes. And there are different gods that you play as. So there's like different gods from uh, Hindu, Chinese, Japanese, Roman, Greek, you name it. There's just a lot of different gods. And you pick the one that you want to play and then you learn their abilities. And each god has uh, four abilities. The fourth ability of every god is considered the ultimate and some gods don't necessarily have a damage dealing ultimate but it's still considered an ultimate ability even though it doesn't deal damage so say for instance there's a god called um hell uh she she has a fourth ability that does not deal damage what it does is it allows her to change between a light and dark stance The light stance allows hell to heal other players and the dark stance is the one that does damage. So offensive and defensive, she can interchange between the stances using her fourth ability, which is normally the ultimate damage ability for other gods. So whenever you pick a god and you like the abilities of the god, you then jump into a game. You can go into a practice. (laughs) You can go into a practice or whatever and learn how to play with them. You'll notice that there are 6 slots at the bottom. Those are icon slots and what you do is as you earn money for killing minions and and defeating other players, you gain money. And that money is used to buy items. The items provide things like damage increase, uh uh damage mitigation, so you can buy armor or power-ups or whatever and then uh you know, build your god out. Now you want to get six slots so you have to choose wisely. You can respec, you know, sell an item and then buy a new one, but when you sell an item you get like uh only like maybe 70% of what the item was originally, you know, cost or whatever, so be careful which ones you're you're buying and selling or whatever. Make sure you know what the items do. You can just uh look at the items, read up on them cuz each item has like a a, a passive So a certain item may give you like passive health generation as well as, uh, you know, armor or something like that. So just read up on it, learn what it does, and you buy items based on your style of play. What a lot of players do is they go online, they look up different builds online that other people have demonstrated in YouTube videos and things of that nature, and then they try to play with those builds that may work for you, especially if you don't, you know, if you get overwhelmed by the amount of items and the amount of gods that are in the game, because I think it's like over 50 something gods in the game. So you might get a little overwhelmed and you just need. You know a little something to help you get started so you can check out player builds and things like that but i believe the best practice memorize what the items do and learn how to play you know learn how to build your your character your god out based on your play style so like if you're like a really aggressive player then you're probably going to want to put a little bit of defense on because you're jumping into the fray and then build some damage after that or or you know when when appropriate put but definitely put a little bit of defense on because you're going to be getting hit a lot So let's talk about the damage. So in the game, there is a physical damage, there's a magical damage, and then there's true damage. So physical damage is just that, it's like physical. The um, warriors, the warrior class gods, the assassin class gods, and the hunter class gods will all deal physical damage. The magical damage is done by mages and guardians. One of the things that new players get confused with is they'll see a magical God wielding a sword and fighting you with the sword, like, you know, physically hitting you with the sword and they'll build physical damage, thinking that that must be, you know, a physical attack. No, that's a magical God. That's a mage. And just because that God is using a sword to hit you doesn't mean that the damage coming through is physical It's still magical damage. So you got to you got to know the gods that are in the game the type of damage they deal and build accordingly. The game does have some restrictions. So like if you have a magical God, you can't go buy physical items. Now, some items are cross between gods, like say defensive items, armor. Yeah, armor, You no matter whether you're physical or magical, most armor is universal, either or can wear different armor types, but the damage dealing items are, most of them are specified to the different classes. So you're not gonna find uh, like a rod of Tahiti or, or uh, a rod of isolation for a physical god, it's only going to be a magical god item. And then there's true damage. Let's not forget about true damage. That's a rare one. There's these things in the game called chaos towers. If you get hit by a tower, it does true damage. Now, what true damage is? It's unmitigated damage. So if you get hit for a hundred points of damage. Your armor will not mitigate any of that. You will take all 100 points of damage. There are some gods in the game that have buffs that allow them to do true damage. And you need to be careful of that because you might tank up real good thinking, like, say, if you go up against Bakasura, uh, I believe he's a Hindu god. He has an ability called Butcher Blades. He's an assassin class god, so he deals physical damage. Sure, physical armor will work against his normal attacks, but if he enables his Butcher Blades, he is now dealing physical damage and true damage, so you need to be careful of that. You know, you, you sure you're mitigating some, but that true damage will tear you up quick. One of the gods I like to play is called Bastet. She's a physical god and assassin. I like to play her because of a certain skin that she has. This game is great for the skins. I mean, the skins totally transform the gods. They have like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle skins and all kinds of stuff that completely change the actual image, the character model of the God to look like a different thing. And it's not a mod or anything like that. Like these are just skins that they sell. The game is free to play. But if you want some of the cool skins and stuff, you're probably going to spend some money. Or uh, if you play every day for like a full week, they give you free gems and the gems is like the in-game premium currency that you use to buy the, the good stuff. I've been playing the game for a few years now, so I just save up all my gems and like, say, after about two months or so, I'll have a lot of gems and I'll just wait. And the, the gods that I really lo- like playing, I'll just probably wait for a cool skin to be, you know, sold. And then if it goes on sale or something, then I will use the gems to buy it so I don't have to spend any money. But if you're willing to spend some money, yeah, you can buy some cool skins, too. Now with Bastet, her skin that I love to play with her is the uh, it's called Kawaii Pop. It's like the word Hawaii, but spelled with a K because it's like K-pop Hawaii. So it's Kawaii Pop. She she normally makes a lot of cat noises because she is a cat or like a, a humanoid cat thing or whatever. But, you know, anyway, she makes a lot of fun cat noises. And when you use the Kawaii Pop skin, it, it changes the voice pack and everything. It's, it's really nice. Well, if you have the voice pack, because they sell the voice pack separate from the skin. So it's not like you need a voice pack per skin is just one voice pack for the character. You can either say you don't want the voice pack, which the character will use the generic voice in the game, which is kind of cartoony and fun. But if you want the character voice pack, you can get that separately. And then each time you change skins, it'll automatically adapt the, the, the voice for that skin. Once you have the voice pack for the character. Uh, one of the things I want to mention before we go any further, you can't buy any sort of special power ups or anything to make you like super OP in the game. They don't sell stuff like that. They only sell just, you know, uh, uh, visual accessories and voice packs. So if you you want to personalize your character or something like that, you really can't do that so much. Like, um, But the, a lot of the skins are super cool. And I just enjoy playing the game in general. It's a fun game to play once you learn how. And I also need to this. Is, you you need this right up front. I should have said this at the beginning, but the game's community is incredibly toxic. They will not hesitate to tell you that you should uninstall the game and, you know, go go soak your head in water or whatever because you suck and all of this. And you you will be bombarded with insults on the regular. There are trolls, people who just throw the game that's called intentionally feeding, by the way, whenever they just run, you you have a member of your team just run into an entire enemy, the entire enemy team. So they will one V five repeatedly dying over and over and over again. And each time you die in this game, you uh, give the enemy money. So they're just feeding the enemy money, which the enemy uses that money to buy items. And now they're super overpowered early game. So, yeah, it kind of mm, the, the game can get kind of rough at times. All right. Back to Bastet. I like playing her because her, her build is she you can build pretty easily with her and as an assassin. There there's a certain skill that you have to have, right? You get you can be super aggressive if you want to. Don't get me wrong. That's possible. But I I personally don't like to play that way. I like to wait for the mages or the hunters to take a little bit of damage and then they try to back off a bit. And with Bastet, she has a leap ability where you can like jump over the fray and try to catch that backline mage who's trying to bomb the fray. You know, he's just hanging back, nuking the, the fight. I'll just jump over where everybody's fighting and attack the mage. And with her, with her leap ability, if you hit the leap ability a second time within five seconds of activating it, you'll leap backward to your original position so what you can do is hide behind a pillar leap forward over the pillar out toward the enemy run in and attack him and then leap back to the safe position so that way it gives you a really good poke that's a term used in the game by the way they they, they call it a poke when you just go do either you jump in and deal damage or you throw some sort of long range ability that deals damage And sure, it's not a ton of damage, but if the enemy doesn't respond or if they can't get away from it, you can chip away at him for, you know, two or three turns, not turns, but two or three times. And then eventually your team just, you know, rushes in and try to quickly kill him before he can get away. So one of the things I like to do with Bastet, especially when new players are in the game. Oh, my God. Matchmaking can can do you dirty. Sometimes if you're a new player, sometimes they throw you in the game with people like us that are like extremely knowledgeable. It didn't mean that we're super good at the game, but we understand a bit more. So we're going to be harder to defeat. And uh, there's another skill in the game that is not monitored, but very experienced players know how to do it. It's called baiting. And what you do is if you get injured, right? So if your player takes a lot of damage, their health pool is pretty low. Rather than returning to the base to go refill your health pool and your mana pool, you just sort of hang out on the sidelines. And for new players, they see that they think, oh, my God, that guy is super low. I can kill him super easy, even though I'm new. This will be a cinch. I'll just run over there, blast him one or two times, and that's an easy kill. What they don't know is that's an experienced player baiting them out of their safe position over to the sideline. And once they get close enough with Bastet, remember that leap ability I told you about? Once they get close enough, leap on them, rip them to the shreds. She has this ability called razor whip. And what it does is you, she'll slash you with this whip that has barbs on it. It does a lot of bleed and it also slows the enemy. So then you keep attacking them. And if they try to run away, if you time this next ability just right, I mean, it just really ruins their day. She throws a cat at you. (laughs) Yeah, So she throws a cat at you. And what the cat will do is if it hits you directly, it will root you in place. So as you're trying to use an ability that allows you to dash away because you're in danger, if she hits you in the middle of that dash, it will freeze you in place, rather you dash or not. But most of the time people try to dash or, or leap out of the way. Now with a leap, it won't work. But if they try to dash, then you can you can freeze them. You can root them in place with the dash. I should explain very quickly that there's different escape methods. So there's a leap where you jump over things. Uh, you physically leave the ground to leap. So it's kind of hard to root somebody who's not actually on the ground. And a root is something where uh, your your legs can't move, but you can still attack a stun is where your legs can't move. And you also cannot attack. So you're, you're stunned and there's different levels of stun. There's like a level one stun where um, if you're hit after being stunned. So say, for instance, if you're stunned for three seconds, right? If somebody hits you one second into that stun, the stun will be broken. You will no longer be stunned and now you can move and attack again. Then it's like a level two stun where if you're stunned for three seconds, even if they're hitting you, you're still stunned. You cannot move or attack. So, you know, those are things that new players are going to learn the hard way. And um, every stun looks differently. So like Ymir, he does a level two stun with his freeze. He blows ice breath on you and it will freeze you in place. So you will be inside like a block of ice and then people can just come and just beat your brains out and you, there's nothing you can do about it. So you got to now they don't all last for three seconds. Each one of them have different timers on them and stuff like that. So it's all different things you have to learn when playing the game. Now, back to Bastet. So you, you get that new guy, you bait him over to the sidelines, you jump on him, slash him with the razor whip. And her, her leap, by the way, when she leaps onto you, that also deals damage. So she'll leap onto you, dealing damage. She does her basic attacks, which deals more damage. She can razor whip you, which deals a ton of damage plus damage over time due to the bleed effect from the razor whip. And then her ultimate ability, she throws an even bigger cat at you. It's like a little spirit ball she throws at you, and then it has a it's sort of a wind up timer on it. So you got to be careful when you're using it. it; doesn't just fire off immediately. You gotta you gotta be prepared for and know the direction your enemy's running. So if they try to get away from you, you throw this thing at them, and when it hits them, a massive like uh, I don't know a tiger or something just pops up, picks that enemy up, and Dang. brings them back to you. So even though they tried to run away, this big cat picks you them up by the back of the neck. You know how like a mother cat picks up a kitten and bring, you know, by the nape of the neck or whatever, and then brings them back to you and then you can finish killing them. That's her ultimate ability. Now, this ultimate is incredibly vicious because it can go through walls. And what makes it super dangerous is, say, for instance, an enemy is attacking me and I'm baiting them. And this is. The, there's going to be a term I'm going to use. I'm going to have to label this episode as explicit because of this, but it, I mean, it's just a term. All right. So just, you know, prepare for it. But when you become a masturbator, you then can. Perform specialized combo attacks and things. And with her her ultimate ability, when you're baiting them with that, say, for instance, I get beaten up really bad and I'm baiting an enemy over and he's chasing me back to the base. He's trying to kill me before I jump into my base, because once I'm inside my base, I automatically start regening health and mana. So what he's trying to do is stop me from making it there and kill me. He doesn't know I'm actually leading him to the base and I'm going to leap over the wall to be safe in the base. Throw my ultimate through the wall, which will then grab him, pick him up, bring him into the base with me. Now, this is super dangerous because the base will heal me, but damage him with true damage. So he's getting damaged by the cat that just picked him up. He's getting damaged by me. And he's getting damage with true damage from the base once the cat brings him inside the base and it will bring him through the wall. So (laughs) it's it's a lot of skill that goes into these different abilities. And if you don't really know how to play with them, I mean, if you're a new player, you can get wrecked and you won't even know what's going on because some of the times the characters, especially with these skins, you won't even know who the character is some of the times. Right. So like you can be fighting Michelangelo, one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that'll actually be Loki. He's just using the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle skin. So you won't know that it's actually Loki unless you look at the game card. If you're a new player, that is most experienced players already know all the skins and everything like that. So we we identify characters pretty quickly. And even if you don't, you know, you can hit tab on the keyboard because I play on PC and then identify the characters that way. So the game's very, very fun of the is very, very toxic. And it has lots of game modes as well. Um, The game mode I play the most is arena. Every arena match lasts between 14 to uh, 20 minutes. So I, I normally play arena conquest is the longest game mode that can take like almost like I say 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on how good the team is that you're fighting against. And when you want to play uh, competitively, it's almost always going to be in conquest. Uh Joust is another good mode that people like to play. There, there's a few others. I just do arena because it's quick and easy. You know, it's, it's the quickest of the game modes. And you don't have to do anything like capture points and run through the jungle and all of that. You just basically put in an arena. You know, like, uh, like the gladiators used to be in, except you're fighting with gods and all the different abilities of the gods. So they have healers. Um, the tanks are called guardians. There, you need to be careful with the term tank because some people use it differently. So what I mean by tank is you need to be playing as a guardian. There are other people who just call anything a tank as long as they put some defense on them. So they'll pick a warrior and then put like one or two items of defense and go, OK, now I'm tank. Uh No, that's that's not a tank. Tank Guardians are built to be tanks because they have a lot of something called CC. CC stands for crowd control. Crowd control are those things that I was talking about. The roots, you know, a root prevents you from moving your feet, but you can still attack and a stun prevents you from attacking or moving. There's other forms of CC like slows so you can hit a person with an ability that will slow their movement. There's there's other CC that uh does like the d- disorienting uh abilities like Bacchus his his ultimate will make you drunk so you you can't move the same way for like five seconds or something like you you'll basically be drunk in a game your character just be moving all over the place so you'll be you'll be missing your shots and things of that nature so there's there's different levels of cc that you can encounter and guardians they're the best with cc they're made to basically guard when your guys are you know up Five v five trying to find the proper angle to attack each other and get a kill, a guardian can jump in and initiate the fight by stunning the enemy team or stunning a member of the enemy team, allowing your guys to then focus the stunned member and just dump everything they got on I'm trying to kill him now there there are other items in the game uh called relics. One relic that most people get is called purifying beads. And what that does is for one and a half seconds, it will purify all negative effects. So if you get stunned, you can use your purification beads. Now the beads are, um, they're active for, you know, like a second and a half or something. And they will, um, they will go on cool down. So your cooldown might last like maybe three minutes or something like that. So you can't use them again until like three minutes have passed, which means you need to be careful when you use them. And there there's all sorts of other um, CC abilities like pulls and pushes as well. So like there's a God called Ares, the God of War. He has this ability where he normally what you do is you wait for the enemy to be close together, grouped up. You use a blink relic which will allow you to teleport into that group of enemies. And then you launch your ultimate. Your ultimate will send chains out, which will attach to all the enemies within a certain radius of or diameter of the player. And if you get all five enemies in one spot, you can chain all five of them. Right. And what happens after the chains are attached to them, no matter how far they try to run away after about, um I'd say like two seconds or something like that from the time they were chained. Ares will pull them all into him, and they, when they get pulled, they take damage and they're stunned at his position. Now, why this is dangerous is as what the enemy team does, or let's just say my team. Say I'm Ares and my team's waiting for me to use my ult. I blink in, I use my ult on the enemy team. They all get chained. The chain draws them all into me and stuns them at my position my team within time all their abilities to dump on my position so they're just going to nuke right where i am and hit all the enemies at once killing one or more of them and damaging the other ones really badly so what you can do to try and avoid being pulled if your purification beads are you know able to be used meaning you didn't use them before Or they're not on cooldown, I should say, you can use your purification beads just before he's about to pull you. And that's key. All right. It has to be used right when the right before the pull is about to happen. And you only learn that by playing the game. Right. So if you are new, you might think, oh, my God, the chain is on me. You pop your beads early. Well. The beads is only going to cover you for like a second and a half. The pull doesn't happen for two seconds later. You get what I'm saying? So you're not going to be covered during the time that the pull happens. You're only covered during the time that the chain attached to you. So there's all sorts of little timings and things like that that you're going to get used to and in, in techniques and stuff like that. But uh, as you become a more experienced player, you learn how to bait, uh, which is a very good skill. I'm telling you. I I maximize my K D by baiting, just but you gotta be careful. You gotta be very skilled with it because if you get a long range like a hunter or something like um a Ho Yi, who can ricochet shots off of a wall. He doesn't even have to get close to you. He can bounce a shot off a wall and that'll hit you and kill you. So <laughs> you got you got to know who you're trying to bait. So, it's you know, it's a lot of skill that goes into it. And it's very fun. It's like playing chess, but with, with gods in an arena, right? Making sure you buy the right items, know the gods, their skills, the, the timing of their abilities, the yeah. cooldowns of their abilities. Yeah. So when a god uses an ability, it goes on cooldown for a little while. And then... Yeah. It If you recognize, like if you've played that God before, so you recognize, oh, he can't use that ability again for like another 10 seconds. And that's his most powerful ability. Now I'm going to jump him. And then there's there's uh, other things you want to look out for, like which gods are glass cannons. The glass cannon term is used for a God that has low health, low defense, but tons of damage. Right. So he you don't want him to hit you. But if you hit him, he's going to crumble real easy. That kind of thing. All right. I think I've rambled on enough about the game called Smite. I'll leave a link down below. There's not going to be a whole lot of show notes for this because, I mean, it's just a single game. And if you want to check it out, I'll post a few things down so you can read up on it. But the most the best information is to go to the site. You can go to the site and review all the different gods. Their abilities, the items, the uh the patch notes like the games off, you know, they're often they patch the game a lot because every time they release a new God, one of the things they do is they release the God really OP so that people will want to play with him. And that way they can learn how to balance the God better. The more people play with them, the more people complain, then they learn how to balance and tweak them because if there were certain gods that they released man. They were so OP, people just refused to play the game just because of that. Everybody wanted to play the super OP God. So then they had to release like a day one patch to then, you know, nerf the guy because he was just crazy OP. And uh, there's stuff like that that happens. So be careful when new gods get released. That's one of the techniques that uh high res, who are the um developers of the game, Smite. One of the things that they do sometimes. Um, they haven't done it lately. The last couple gods they've released have been reasonable. But, uh, back in the bad old days, man, they used to release some ridiculously OP gods. Then they nerf them like two months down the road or something, right? After everybody's just, you'll see every single match, people are just fighting over that god. People set up macros and things to uh, quickly pick that God before anybody else does, (laughs) you know, say using auto hotkey or Python or whatever to quickly move the mouse cursor to the the proper spot on the screen and then click so that they get the God before any anybody else, that kind of thing. So um, I hope I uh, have piqued your interest with the game. Just be careful of the community. I I can't stress that enough. The community is super toxic. So don't don't say I didn't warn you, you know, when people start telling you to, to to, uh, do things to harm yourself or whatever like that. Yeah. And, uh, the game used to ha- well, it still does have voice yeah. chat, but they, uh, one patch, like maybe a year ago or so, they enabled voice chat by default for a little while and it quickly reversed that because if you thought the text chat with all the toxic things they were being saying was bad, yeah. When people could verbally say it, oh, it was ten times worse. Oh my goodness! So they they still have voice chat; it's just not on by default. So uh, yeah, that that's it from me. Uh, I'm some guy on the internet and talking to you about the game Smite. That's my daughter in the background listening to her whatever she's listening to, probably uh, Sp- SpongeBob or something. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Mm